The following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but they're fun, they're funny. I like them. You have to like them if you're going to listen to the show. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. If you have watched television, if you've looked at the internet, if you've looked up outside, you know he's in route. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use if we decide to be doers and not hearers of the word only. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? So far, it's because I'm paying the bill. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 1,800 seconds and then 3,600 seconds. After that, get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. And we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through the process of hearing things, doing things, being things, and doing that in partnership with Jesus Christ. That's right. When you drive on the freeways in Texas, Jesus is in the shotgun position. Everything you're doing, you're doing with the Lord, right? So we want you to have an opportunity to kind of bounce that around with one another. The whole goal is to strengthen one another as we see the day approaching. This is not your church. It is a fellowship. And we fellowship together and encourage one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We weep when some of us weep. We laugh when some of us laugh. We rejoice when we rejoice when others rejoice because we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. We have what? One heavenly father, one dad. Remember when Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father. We have blood relative connections. People go, well, water's thicker than blood. They're always trying to say that about baptism water and blood. But see, we're connected by the blood of Jesus. He died for our sins, shedding his blood. Aha! And then we all drink from one fountain. That is the Holy Spirit. That creates quite a bit of unity. Our job is to not walk in the flesh, but to walk in the Spirit, in the influence of the Spirit, and to maintain that unity. So if you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, that's an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question. If you have an answer to Bible trivia, which we'll do later, or if you have the uh, desire to share something that the Lord's been working on in your life, or a praise report, or a prayer request, 
We want you to have that opportunity, that place to go. All you got to do is give us a call, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you do that, it's Captain Chris that will answer the phone. And when you talk to him, you know what? You're sailing in the right direction. <laughs> I really like that one. That is a good one. We're just going to have to add that in, you know. And join Chris, Captain Chris, too, and sail in the right direction. I like it. Also, you can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org, which leads us to the website a place to give, and you know how much we appreciate your guys' giving. I mean, we are thankful to pay the radio bill, and I just need enough left over to have gas to go back and forth. It's really kind of the big part of this. Uh, and we also want you to have that opportunity to be blessed. There's a book on there. If you do Kindle, it's 99 cents. If it's not, six ninety-five. We make a buck a book on the six ninety-five, and I think we make 25 cents on the 99 cents. i got to check that out. And anyway, that's available. There's audio. There's video. There's different things on there that will make you smile and some things that might make you cry. No, really, really. And we want you to check that out. Go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All righty. So for those of you who are listening, wherever you are listening, if you are listening and driving, at no point do we encourage you to close your eyes. Yes, yes, and I actually had somebody, I've actually sat in a church in a testimony where somebody says, I was praying to the Lord as I was driving, and they closed my eyes, and I was thinking, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyhow, going back to the reality check, we want to talk about something that's in the book of Hebrews. So we've covered most things that we need to cover to get it rolling, and now we're getting into the Word. I want to talk to you about Hebrews. We are in chapter 2, and we are looking at, uh, eh, we'll go with verse 12, but we're really going to key in on verse 14. It says this, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation, and again, I will trust in him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. This portion, pretty powerful portion. We'll talk about the death and the fear in a second. First, got to focus in on something that gets lost in the sense of balance too often for the average Christian. I'm not talking about theologians. They go up and down. Nobody knows what's going on with them. Here's the bottom line. In the, in the practicality of your Christian walk, there are often times where you think of Jesus as Lord and Savior. And rightly so. There is no error in that whatsoever. He is your Savior, saves you from your sins, the penalty of your sin. He's saving you now from the power of sin, and he will eventually save you from the presence of sin. That's justification, sanctification, and glorification. While that's going on, you know he's interceding for you at the right hand of the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit to live inside you. A lot of cool stuff there. But what people forget is that Jesus was and retains portion, 
portions of his humanness. And sometimes, it goes one of two ways. You either always think of Jesus as God and only God, or you only think of Jesus as man and only man, and those are wrong. And they're both wrong, okay? I, I can't say that any clearer. In this text, we've already seen throughout chapter 1 and half of chapter 2 already in Hebrews, the declaration that Jesus Christ is the exact representation, the exact picture of God the Father. There's no question about his deity. But now the author wants you to recognize that he also has that humanity part. And the reason you need to understand that he has that humanity is so you can understand that he gets you. That, that There's no other way to say it. He gets it. He knows what that process is. He doesn't know it from a sinful scenario, but he knows the human process. He knows what it is inside the heart. He knows what feelings are. He knows what challenges are. He knows all of those things. Now, he worked he walked in perfect harmony, perfect relationship with the Father because he walked in a consistent relationship with the Father through the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, that's what we're supposed to be doing, just, just in case you were wondering. And what we need to recognize is he knows that which we go through, even the heart and the pain stuff. Remember when Jesus was at the, the, the process where he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead? Now, we've talked about it before. It's in the book uh, in John chapter 11. I wrote not extensively, but enough about it in the book that I, that I did, Broken for His Glory. When Jesus was crying there with Martha and Mary, it wasn't for Lazarus. Lazarus was getting up in 30 minutes. Nobody's crying for Lazarus. He's going to be bouncing up and down. In fact, the only reason you would cry for Lazarus is probably Lazarus thinking, no, 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 I like the other place. Okay, I mean, that'd be the only way. But Jesus felt and shared the pain of Martha and Mary and the people around. And what I want you to get in this text is it says, now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these. Jesus knows what that feeling is of pain and sorrow and even disappointment. And he shares that. He bears that with you. I don't want you to think of Jesus as some kind of like, uh, oh, well, he's like uh, Doctor Strange in the Marvel comics, and he's way out there in the mystic lands of what. It's like the, he is, re he retains the human element that he endured and will so for all eternity. By the way, when he had the disciples check him out, he's like, look here, look, look at the nails in my hand. Look, look, look. So the idea behind this is for us to understand that Jesus shares it. And I don't want you to miss that. Because that which you are going through right now, you are not going through alone. You are not going through this, and then God the Creator is just up at a distance going, hey, yeah, you'll get through it. God shares that with you. He embraces you. He knows that pain. Remember, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And so that whole process you're going through to get through is something that connects directly to Jesus, and he shares in that with us. It's wonderful in Revelation. In, in all seven letters, Jesus says one thing that's fascinating. Always it gets missed. That he says, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, guess what? He knows. That should be a comfort by itself. We'll get into the rest of it when we come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back 
Don't go anywhere. Moving is hard. It's a moment that everyone dreads. But wait, there's an answer. Jesus can help. And for the moving parts, Men of God Moving is there for you. Men of God Moving is a full-service Christian moving company that is locally owned and operated, serving the entire Dallas and Fort Worth area. Men of God Moving helps with homes, apartments, offices, long and short distance relocations, and so much more. They offer packing and unpacking services, loading and unloading, assembling and disassembling, plus many other helpful services. Tell them you heard it on the David Spoon Experience and receive a substantial discount. Substantial means a whole bunch. Call them at 817-707-7672 or go to their website, menofgodmoving.com. That's menofgodmoving.com. And check them out on Facebook. The Lord's Word says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Ephesians 6, 7. Allow men of God moving the privilege of serving you. And listen to Johnny Hill, the owner, often on the David Spoon Experience. To hear his testimony, reach out to Men of God Moving. Johnny's testimony will move you. God bless. A couple things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story, but it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. We'll That's talk, bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, haha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions in taxpayer money used to study drunken monkeys. No, no, really, drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope, federal government reportedly has spent $3.2 million dollars so far, in order to get monkeys drunk, in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere, Dave. There's no, I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready. Here comes our first, first trivia question. All right. Now, you have a 1 in 12 shot. (laughs) Okay. We're going to go New Testament. We're going to have a 1 in 12 shot. On this one, uh, we'll have a follow-up to it afterwards. Who said when he met the resurrected or the risen Jesus, my Lord and my God? My Lord and my God. Okay? 
That, uh, for those that want to know, that's going to be one of the 12. I'm going to just kind of leave that there. Uh, Kirk's stepping in right away. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call. And then also you can text in 214-210-8483. And then also you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org to answer any of those. In the meantime, we are going to do our DNA as we're working Captain Chris into the perfection process of the DNA. Don't you like this? It kind of just draw you in whenever, huh? Isn't that nice of me? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that you are such a have a good such a good attitude. He has such a great attitude. I just want to say to everybody. So like I ask something, I'll do something. He does it. It's like bam, bam, bam. See now that's that's fun. But before we get to DNA, somebody's calling in. <laughs> okay, so uh, we'll give uh, that person a second. Then we'll do a DNA. Then we'll do the rest of his teaching. I really like this Hebrews. Some of these books, I, I will tell you. So we're teaching seven different books. Some of them I like more than others. I'm just being honest because uh, they're just more fun to talk about. Anyway, are we ready for somebody to answer? Here we go. Lean it over. Lean it over. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David, it's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How you doing? Do you got anything happening for the weekend? You, you just looking forward to it? Anything going on? No, not really. Just going to, you know, chill out. <laughs> Listen, for me, I love that. <laughs> I think that's like, yes, chill out. That is exactly. I mean, I did most of my homework last night, and then, of course, this morning I found out I messed something up. But, you know, I don't have much to do, and so my whole goal is to do little. I want to be like Dr. Doolittle. I want to be Dr. Doolittle. I wanted to do. <laughs> All right. Which of the 12? Okay. So, uh, pretty sure it wouldn't be uh, Judas since he's gone by now. But anyway, which, which of the 12 said when he saw Jesus, my Lord and my God? See, I'm just making a guess on this. But I'm thinking it was Doubting Thomas. That is correct, Amanda! Oh, wow, okay. Good one. That's a good one. We're going to have another one that has to do with Thomas in the next segment's over, but that's exactly right. My Lord and my God. He was like, uh, he was like, yes. But of course, uh, he was the last one that we're aware of to go, uh huh, I get it. And I, I always found this fascinating. And, and you, if you know it, Better than me, I need somebody to help me understand it. But at the very end of Matthew, it talks about them seeing Jesus after he resurrected, and it says they worshipped him, but some doubted. <laughs> Just sitting there thinking, what? <laughs> He's there. How, what do you mean you're doubting? Anyway, I just thought that was fascinating. Excellent job uh, on that all answer. Right. Well, y'all have a great weekend. All right. Thank you so much, and you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. One of our great delights. She is wonderful. Okay, uh, here we go. DNA. Is it Friday? It has to be Friday. It sure it? is. It's Friday. Uh, you know, two weeks from today, watch this, it'll be two and a half years that we've been doing radio here, which is half the time we did in San Diego. That's amazing. We should so, bring cake. Yeah. See why I like Captain Chris. Do you understand what's going on there? All right, D, D, uh, DNA. Here's our DNA. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Every day. Be doing the things that we need to be doing to be drawing in closer, which means separated time, not just a one-second mind time. Hey, God. 
The, you need a little more than, hey, God, and then the rest of your day is just all you. That's not enough. So D, draw closer to the Lord daily. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 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 never. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve so that you are putting yourself there as a vehicle to be used by God for the blessings of others, and you're loving God by staying connected, loving him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, which is all of your heart, your feelings, all of your soul, your inner being, all of your strength, which is your physical strength, and all your mind, which are your thoughts, and then loving your neighbor as you love yourself. How would you like to be loved? That's how you should be loving them. There you go. No, that's not that hard. There we go. That's our DNA. All right, we did that. We did that. We did that. Let's get back to the text. This is an amazing portion I might tell him my brother just a little bit on this, but it's okay. So in verse 14, it says, Now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, and that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. First, as you look at this text, you go, well, what? He destroys the, the work of the, the he destroys the work of the devil. Uh, how come then we're still going through the warfare? See, this is the kind of thing you gotta this is why you have to have the fullness of the passages and the fullness of understanding. Jesus made null or made rendered in if less effective, or better stated, took the zap out of what the devil was using as a power in death. But he didn't eliminate it to the point where nobody ever experiences it. The difference here is position and practice. It's the same thing we talk about often on this show, and you have to understand it because it applies to a hundred different uh, theologies. The position is Jesus has all the authority, and he has rendered null the power that Satan had in regards to death. But he didn't eliminate Satan yet. That hasn't happened yet. So partial, it, you see it partially. So what you understand is the position is absolute, and now we're seeing part of that practice as the, as the witness is that more people are afraid to speak in public than they are of dying. Now, for that to be true shows you that Jesus beat Satan in the game of fear regarding death. That It already shows you that. that number, in fact, I think death is actually either th- it's second, but it might be third now because I think some people are really like, you know, debilitating disease kind of thing. The idea behind this is to understand that he took that power, not, not the devil, but he took the power the devil was using and he smooshed it. And it's like, you can't say it any, it's like, that's it, gone, it's not going to work. And the devil was using that power to make people afraid of death and to keep people in slavery all their lives. Remember, Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. It is free from sin, but it's also free from fear. And that's that thing that people don't talk about it enough. Uh, Jesus does want us to be free from sin. We're saved from the penalty of sin. Now he's saving us from the power of sin. He'll save us from the presence of sin. But he also saved you and set you free from fear. And you say, well, he's talking about the fear of death. Any fear that is keeping, that is active in your life is a bondage. And Jesus came to set the captive free. Well, what if I'm afraid that I'm going to do this or I'm afraid I'm going to do this? Every one of those things has to do with what will yet be. Fear doesn't have anything to do with the past in the context of whatever you did in the past, what you're afraid of is it will catch up to you in the future. (laughs) 
it's not, not what happened. It's what's going to happen because of it. And so you and I need to understand that Jesus set us free from the power of fear. In fact, Paul goes a little further and says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So he says, that's just not even in the ballpark. You got to get away from that. And the devil was using death to scare people and even to get people to sin because he was saying, oh, that'll be it. As soon as you die, you're done. Sin as much as you can. Eat, drink, and be merry. Time's getting short. And Jesus destroyed that. And some people, even Christians now, are afraid of facing that moment. And I will say this to you, it's not that that's abnormal. I don't think it's abnormal at all. But that is where you have to exercise your faith that says this moment of dying on this earth is not the end. You are not unplugged. You are simply moving from one plane, so to speak, to another. And that's why when Jesus defines death, often he says they're sleeping. You don't think Jesus knew enough to go, well, they're dead. <laughs> it's like sometimes I think we just don't think that through. And Jesus is like, they're sleeping. They're all sleeping. They're sleeping. They're sleeping. What do you mean? Because they're going to get up. And that's one of the key elements and the key hopes that we have. That death is not only is death not the end, but for some of us, we need to have a better understanding that death is in many ways a real beginning. You know, it's funny because the testimony is when we die to ourselves here, we become alive in Christ. Do you think that that testimony is there by accident? Or do you think God's trying to lay some groundwork for you and I to get it? There are people that are afraid of dying, and I understand that. I'm not. I've I've been around amazing for somebody who's not a chaplain. Who I've been around more death than I could even you know want to care to reiterate to you. But that is not the end of anything. It is the next step. And when you face that, and I love what Billy Graham said. When you face that, he, his theology, the way he presented it, is. There will be angels to greet you. It's like, wow, that's so cool. Like, hey, come on, Dave. Like, okay, let's go. Hey. I think the Lord will still say, all right, quiet, Dave. That's just my opinion. Okay. All right, be free. Jesus came to set the captives free. Fear does not own you, right? All right. All right, we're going to take our break. Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. 
By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit, and David made a commitment to Jonathan and Jonathan said, I don't. I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh, people. And David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled or he was lame. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the, the auditorium seated like about 5,000. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at, he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> what? And he goes, you, and he, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching, and he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers? You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. 